I always say I have the best job in the world. I get to help women unlock their limitless potential so they can have it all. If your mind is saying you can't have it all, that's fear running the show. I'm here to tell you, the only thing between you and holistic success is you. The doors to Limitless Warrior are officially open. Join Limitless Warrior. It's time to dig deep and shine bright. It's time to permanently break up with fear. If you want all the holistic success you've been dreaming of, join us. It's a 12-week program, once a week, on a Zoom for 90 minutes. Get off that hamster wheel and be the limitless woman you know you are inside. The link to save your spot is limitless-warrior.com. Join us. Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hey, warriors. What happens when you are told you are not hireable, that your experience is too vast or non-traditional, that you are not a fit? Well, you create your own company, your own culture, and work with people from all over the world. Well, that is what our guest did today. She's done that, and in her flexibility, and willingness to create a culture that she desired, she was named one of Forbes' next 1,000 by the LA Times. We're talking about breaking the rules and raising the bar. If you're feeling daunted by rejection and exhausted by trying to fit in a career box, this podcast is for you. Thank you for listening today and DM me at Warrior Women Pod if you have a guest suggestion, a comment, or just want to connect. Well, let's get to it. But first, ladies, money is not a dirty word. It's a great word. And I'm thrilled to tell you that the Broad Network is launching the Wealthy Women Summit or WeWo. The WeWo Summit is not your typical conference with lanyards and cold coffee. Hosted by the Broad Network on August 25th and 26th, 2022, on the Sir Winston Yacht in Long Beach. The Wealthy Women's Summit is for anyone looking to expand their wealth in mind, body, health, leadership, business, and community. Join us for two impactful days where we'll dive into the concept that wealthy living is a mindset and commitment to a value of your own self-worth. You can learn more and get tickets at wewosummit.com. That's W-E-W-O summit.com. Let's talk about money and let's be wealthy women together. Everybody today on the show, Laura Schmoisman. She's a digital weaver, a powerhouse marketing strategist, named one of 2021's Forbes Next 1000, and LA Times Inspirational Woman and Transforming Brands to Become Profitable, Innovative, and Sustainable. She was born and raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Laura is the founder and CEO of The Darl. Laura is a unique combination of Jewish and Latina, outspoken by nature, tenacious, 
and armed with grit and a sexy accent. Can't wait for you to hear it. With more than 20 years of experience working across radio, TV, film, and content marketing, she is the host of Coffee Number Five with more than 60,000 downloads and counting. It's such a great podcast. And Marketing Simplificado, which is a Spanish podcast. She's an international speaker, a former lecturer at California Polytechnic State University. And Laura lives in Los Angeles with her husband and her two sons and her cute dog, Latte. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Actually, we shall celebrate the 100,000 downloads of my podcast. Oh my God, we got to change that. 100,000 downloads of your podcast. That's amazing. Yeah, you don't have to change it. It's fine. We keep crawling out. We have more, so we're good. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Well, I'm really excited. I, I caught a nice uh, time on your podcast and I'm ready to reciprocate and have you on mine. So I'm excited to learn more about you. And I love I love your the combination of your heritage. It's just like fire from all sides. I, I absolutely fire everywhere. <laughs> I'm just very sorry for my kids and my team. What can I tell you? <laughs> tell me about your life growing up and your parents and how your childhood led to the woman that you are today. Well, actually, my childhood was very different than what you might think it was in the 80s. Because in Argentina, you have to remember that we in the 70s and the early 80s, we didn't have a democratic government. We have a military government. Mm. And during that time, we weren't allowed to have anything in English. Everything was only Argentinian music, nothing from the outside. Everything would have been from the inside. So we weren't exposed to anything from outside the rest of the world. So it took us a really long time to catch up. So movies that for you were from the 80s, for me are from the 90s. Music, we were, we got into the global civilization very slowly. Now probably they catch up. I don't know. I haven't been there, uh, living there in 24 years, but it was very different. Like I talk to my friends over someone is something, oh, that's so 80s. I'm like, no, that's so 90s. And it's like, it was like a time difference, a time zone, but also was a country that even though there were really bad things happening, it didn't affect my childhood. My mom will tell me in the morning, hi, bye, have fun with your friends and just come back before sun is, the sun is, sun is down. And I just would play with the kids in the block. Yeah, I love that. So you had, even though it was craziness, you had peace. Yeah, so I, I can, we, I would play outdoors. I, I don't think we have, I, I didn't have any of the stress that I can see my kids having. Wow, that's interesting, right? And you had some real things going on, but I think because you know why these kids have technology stress. I don't know. I just feel like that's another conversation, but I think that education put a lot of pressure on them that is unnecessary. Oh, don't even get me started because you know I've done endless podcasts on this. The kids are not okay. I really, I'm 100% Well, I'm that. a former, I'm a former professor and I was teaching seniors mostly. And I can see the stress that we're putting on them and the stress of them needing to be something as soon as they graduated. But I, but at the same time, I have the feeling that most of them, they won't do anything related to what they study. 100%. It's almost like you don't get any time to explore, right? Like you just have to have it all figured out, like before you even, or I don't know how old. So I agree. Yeah, actually, so I took a different take with my kids. 
My son during COVID, he was done with high school. So he decided that he was done with high school. He didn't like high school. He wasn't doing well, even though he's super smart. So he tested out and he went to at 16 to um, community college. So now he's about, he's 17, about to graduate with an associate degree uh, and then to transfer and without all that pressure. Yeah. I mean, I like that. I like the sound of that. Let's go back to you though. Back to you. Yeah. Um, in 2008, you desperately needed a job. You yes. turned to a headhunter who told you that because you didn't have a linear career and your experience was too broad, that you should consider just staying home and taking care of your kids because there was absolutely no one who would hire you. How did that moment change everything for you? Oh, I cry a lot. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, you cried. First you cried. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have uh, those turning points in your life. And I remember clearly two turning points. 2008, as you know, I'm that kind of person. I was working since I was 14 and I never stopped working one day in my life. I work during pregnancy, I was in the hospital having a baby and between contractions, I will call my boss to tell them everything because I will take one day off. So I didn't stop working one day in my life, but 2008, it was a tough time. I mean, we were struggling with the house payments, you know, all, all the mortgages were got, went berserk basically. So I needed to finally always work as a freelancer and I needed to get a little, something a little more serious. So, and I had, True. I had this background that it was all over the place, but I worked a lot and I did, I realized that my, the best fit for me was going to ad agency because of my background. And I met through a friend, someone who told me, oh, she specialized in headhunter for ad agencies. And she told me what you just said. So I came home and I was really disappointed because my, my, I knew that I can do more. I knew, I mean, I did really big things in my life. I work with companies like MSN, Yahoo, Entertainment, Fox, Warner. I work with all these companies and then I was not hireable. No, it's it, was, it was ridiculous, but it's true. The companies here want someone with a lineal background that they always work in that cubicle and you move from a cubicle really small to something bigger and something bigger. And that maybe sometime you will even think that you can get an office. And that wasn't me. So I, you know, what I did, I started sending resumes to agencies. I started contacting them and say, hey, I'm available. And I did it. But guess what? I realized that I hated it. Yeah, because what it would so show you realize what? I realized that it was, agencies were a toxic environment. And I realized that there were, it was really hard for me to be this professor during the day and try to teach my students and say, you can go out there and be taught and have leaders and mentor you, that they will mentor you, uh, that they will be there for you. And then find out that in the work, they will have hired all these people very young, burn them out, never mentor them, never guide them. And then they will move to the next young person. They will recycle people. So that was not cool to me. And also I was overworked. I will get there really early, a lot earlier than most people because people will only show up at 10 and they have their breakfast and all those things. My kids will go, go to school at 7.30. So I will drop them off and go to work. And I found out that 
by every morning, I would say I was always a hire because it would call me for big projects, but they were temporary and they were the ones who were the employees. So I will get paid well, don't get me wrong, but it was very stressful. I will come in the morning and say, hey, do you guys know what you have to do? What are the deadlines for the day? Yeah, yeah. Everyone knew absolutely everything, but then half day, every day was exactly the same. One department will complain about that other department, and then we need to start all over again because they didn't communicate. Yeah. And then what the company will do every single day was the same, but what the company will do will give you free bagels or free day, uh, free donuts. Oh, or yes. a happy hour. I don't want those perks. My perks were going back to my kids on time. And one day was a secret Santa. We were next to the Christmas time and my kid was, my youngest was seven years old and he had to get a gift for a girl. I don't know how it works. You get what they want. And she wanted a sewing kit. I got it in Amazon. I did my job, but I missed that email that said that it was delayed. My son called me crying that he didn't have the gift for Secret Santa. And I was at midnight at the gas station trying to get something. And I was crying again. I think this is the second time I grew up, I cried in that time. And it was crazy. I was like, I don't want to do this. This is miserable. And I didn't stay that long because I didn't do my job. Yeah. yeah. So that weekend I talked to my husband and said, I'm quitting everything. I'm finished this contract and then I'm not coming back to this. I don't know if I need to drive an Uber, I'll do it, but I'm not coming back to this. Right. And eventually you figured out, I want to work for me. It's not really. No, I was really ready for the Uber or whatever was next. And I was two weeks in and we had people coming for dinner, my friends, because I was out of work. So now I was entertaining. So I had some friends coming over that we haven't seen in a very long time. And I hear the wife telling the husband, did you ask her? And I was, what's going on, you guys? And I learned that he was opening a medical office. He showed me a very bad logo that it was made for him in one of those uh, online places. And I was like, let me do it for you. So I did his logo. I did his website. I did his SEO. One thing was leading to another. And at some point he was like, well, let me pay you something. I talked to my accountant and my accountant said, well, open an LLC so you can mix, don't mix your personal and you can do some deductions. Say, great. And then another, some other person heard that I was doing it for this company and say, well, you're not doing it for me. So I did it. And at some point I get a part-time assistant and the rest is history. Today I have a team of 30 people. It's incredible. It's incredible. Well, it also, you know what? I, it, sometimes things fall in your lap, but also obviously you'd already been taught that working in that crazy agency where you were just a cog in the machine was not working, you know? So there had to be a better way than that, than that way. Yeah. And that was very clear to me. And when I realized that this thing was growing and it was getting out of my control, that it was just everything, me doing it, I realized that what I had to do before I was growing was creating, I would say, designing a culture. So I I created and I designed the culture of my company, which is super unique, before I start hiring people. 
And what did you do? What, what kind of culture did you decide you wanted to create? For me, it was, even though people can be great on PayPal, for me, personality is great. We are at super, I have people, my whole company was born remote. Mm. So you so, were doing remote before everyone was doing Exactly. Remote. So I didn't suffer anything through COVID. My company already had a perfect culture. And that's why I've been interviewed a lot during COVID about culture and COVID and leadership and remote. I have system in place that I can tell you which one and what each one of my 30 persons are doing at any given time. That's amazing. But at the same time, we are communicating all the time. We have challenges. We have fun. I have people from Argentina to Pakistan and Morocco, I have people everywhere in the world. I don't care where they are as long as they're a good fit for the culture. And we're really this functional family. If you see our Slack, like we have, we have these challenges that are crazy and we laugh and they tease each other and they fight for the challenges. Like siblings <laughs> that, I, that sometimes I need to get in between. <laughs> well, I love that you keep it fun. Tell me, you say that your mom is your biggest influence. Tell me about your mom. Well, my mom is a lawyer, like also my dad and also my brother. Now you understand what I had to escape. Oh my God, all the lawyers. Yes. I'm not afraid of lawyers. <laughs> we can say it that way. I grew up with them. Also, I worked with a lot of lawyers in my career. My mom was born in a lot. No, I'm not going to say that because she's going to kill me. But also she is... Hi, she was born where? No, in Argentina. Okay. Uh, but she is also... she made herself. She's a lawyer and she self-made. Nobody in her family gave her anything. And as a woman in the 70s or early 60s to open her own company, and she's so tenacious and she is, she's a pay power today in, she's in her late 70s and she still works 16 hours a day. She's unbelievable. And she, they, she showed me what being professional and ethics means. Mm. Yeah. And she's still working at that company today? Well, it's her own company. Yeah. But her at that age, that's like amazing. Yeah. My father too, the same age and they both work full time. That's amazing. Well, you have balanced, I feel like family and work because you work very hard. You've got a lot going on, but you still have maintained, I think, a nice balance of family. Not that I think balance is totally possible because I do think that's a little bit of a myth because there's a lot of days when we're killing it at work and we're doing amazing and the family stuff is a little bit like crazy. And then there's other times when we're being a great mom and then we're like, wow, I'm a little behind with my work. Like, you know, so I don't know what it always hey, I'm, I'm Jewish and Latina. So guilt is something <laughs> that I cannot avoid. I live <laughs> with guilt. Oh, always there is something better that I could do, but I, and also I have teenagers, you know what it is. And teenagers now, they don't take as much time that when they are little. I'm in peace because I know that I gave them everything I could as a mother. And even more, I really bent backwards for them. When they were awake, I was trying to be with them. I took them every day to school. I took them to activities and I would work in the activities. I know that as a childhood, I did the best I could. Now, as a teenager, it's different. You need to give them their spaces, but also I try to be there for them when they need me. What do you feel like is the most important lesson you want them to get from you? 
the same that I got from my mom, my own or my responsibility, my word is a lot more important than even a contract. I learn like, you know, there are a lot of nasty people out there. Even not everyone respect contracts. A lot of people think that they know everything, but my word and my honor is more important than the contract. I mean, to have my conscience clear to me is super important. It's just how I was born. And that's a main contract that I sign. I sign it with my word and and to be fair, and even if someone gets nasty to you, because that's people have that tendency, I always kill them with being nice. I mean, I will never insult anyone. And if you ins- insult someone, you can insult someone with, <laughs> without using bad words. True. You yeah. can put them in their place and put your boundary down without... Ex- exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, exactly. and some things I got, I understood that sometimes it's better or always it's better to be smart and not right. Just to put that ego aside, it's not about ego because we're all born the same way. We all die the same way. It's about the journey. Yeah, it is about the journey. Tell me, how can people work with you? So what? Are, so tell me how people hire you and what kind of things you, you're doing now. Well, I have the agency. We are 360 agency. We offer any um, advertising, marketing uh, services. But also lately, I through COVID, I don't know if you saw this, but there were a lot of coaches or gurus or all this show up out of the air, like they're coaches for everything. And even their coaches teaching other people how to be coaches. Yes, there are. Yeah. And, and I've seen ridiculous stuff out there. And I see a lot of people coming to the agency that they are not ready for the agency. And even they hired the agency and it wasn't right for them to hire an agency, either because they don't have the money and they think that they have money for three months and in three months, an agency will change their life. Or they have, and that's not going to happen. Or they've been burnt by other people, that other people that they were providing services that either were scams or that they didn't know how to communicate with that service and tell them what they want. So what I recently did, and this is completely new, I opened a coaching, I hate the word coaching, but it's, it's a name, it's a coaching program that what I do is I work one-on-one with that person on the VA but what we work is in creating a sustainable foundation for your business. Whatever business you're in, you need to have a sustainable foundation. First of all, you need to know what's important, that what do you need to create? A website. What's, impo- what's important in the website? Even if you cannot hire an agency, you need to hire a freelance and you know, first of all, I will help you, guide you how to interview a freelance and what that freelancer needs to know in order for you to interview them. Of course, always that when interview someone needs to be that connection. So this is not going to be for me. It's going to be for them to decide that they have their connection, but I will give you the education. As I always say, you need to have your resources in place when you do any business and your resources are time, money, team, And the most important is knowledge. I see so many entrepreneurs trying to have online business without having the knowledge of how to set up a business. And I'm not talking about the legalities or the tax, the foundation in marketing. It's like bridging the gap between marketing and the entrepreneur, basically. So 
and creating a sustainable strategy because you can create a strategy. First of all, strategies need to be a long time. So you can uh, test it and you can see if it works. You cannot give it a week or two. You need to give them four or five months to see if it works. Absolutely. And no, right. People change. We've talked about this before. People change their strategies so fast. Like, oh, that didn't work. It's like, give it a second for God's sake. It's like, absolutely. Everyone wants to change, 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 change. All the strategy that they have, they're pivoting all the time versus like, let's just really stick with this one thing and see if it really, give it time to see if it actually is working. Absolutely. But also, it, it seems like there's a lot of people always whispering in your ear, you should do this or you should try TikTok. Or yep. when, and that's what I talk about sustainable. You need to know what your capability is. If you do TikTok, would you have the time to do Facebook? Would you have the assets to do Facebook? Because everything takes time and effort. So you need, the other day I was talking to someone, I have this idea of doing these shots from an airplane. And I say, okay, do you have the budget for that? It's possible. We can do it. Well, no. Can we do stock image? And I say, no. I mean... They, I mean, there are some things you can do stock image, but if you're talking about your brand and that's something else, like your brand needs to be cohesive. Your brand needs to go from A, uh, that is your website, what I call your home base. And also your same branding needs to be in any part of the ecosystem, but using the native language that you cannot use the same language because it's not the same target audience in Instagram, in Facebook, but the branding needs to be cohesive too. That's why I created this coaching program, just to help these new entrepreneur business owners to create strategies that they are sustainable, but also create that strong foundation. So when their business grows, they can go and hire an agency and an agency don't have to overcharge them to fix all the mess they have. To fix it. Yes, exactly. Because okay, fixing it, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Well, we're on to the speed round. I'm okay. excited to do the speed round with you. What does it mean to you to be a warrior woman? Strategy and consistency. Same yeah. of any, anything in my life, everything you need to do it with strategy, with a plan and to have consistency. You cannot change your mind. You need to, if when you want something, you go for it and you cannot change. You don't, I mean, it's okay to change your mind later on, but because you decide that it didn't work and you have a reasoning or it worked and you're moving on, but going here, there, there never works. I hear you. What is a mantra or quote you live by? Break the rules, raise the bar. What, break the rules and raise the bar? Yeah. <gasps> that, that's, a, that's a motto of my agency. We break the rules and we raise the bar. I love that motto. I like that. I might have to adopt that for me. What makes you feel unstoppable? My family. My family, knowing that they're blooming, that they're great, that they're, my kids are good human beings, that they have good values and they have a good head on, over their shoulders. That means that if I can raise my kids and they are 17 and 15 and they're becoming, I, I didn't raise kids. I always say that I, I was raising adults. Yes, so true. Because that's um, what you have to think about. That's where you're going, right? What are you most proud of? My kids, my agency, my marriage after 20 years to still be together and strong because everything's work. And I always say work hard and it pays off. Yeah. Tell me what is your, what's your, if you had to give one piece of marriage advice as a person who's been married 20 years, I'm, I think I'm coming up on 
oh my God, I think I'm, I might be coming up at 19. I think I'm coming out. I'm right behind you. But what's one piece of marriage advice you'd give? Pick your battles. Pick your battles. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to win all, but it's all about negotiation. Yeah. So true. What's exciting you the most right now? my agency, my uh, coaching program. I'm always excited about something. I, I started the day being excited about working with my team. I'm glad that I have the best team in the world. And it's just every morning I'm excited just what's going to come out and what we're going to do and what we're going to create and what opportunities are there for us. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We've had, we, I wanted to have you on for months and now I finally had you and we've had a lot of like noise issues and craziness, but I really appreciate you coming on today and being patient and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is, was lovely. All right. Thank you everyone for joining me today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is Liz Swadek with the Conversations with Warrior Women. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye everyone.